Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting in an apartment that used to be the home of the man behind a band called Holy Hum. And right now I'm watching a cat crawl under the covers of a bed and he's having a fun time exploring. But while I watch this cat explore, I'm going to get the man behind Holy Hum to introduce himself. Hey, I'm Andrew. Um... Yeah, I'm the man behind Holy Hum. Well, hi, Andrew. Thank you for having me to this place. Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of animals here, but if you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. Behind you is an extremely large rabbit. Yeah, that rabbit chewed through my um, my phone charger cable last night, so I'm, I'm low on power. So, Holy Hum, Andrew, you have put out a record, All of My Bodies, and it has a big story behind it. Um, it's a record I didn't really start out to make I just kind of I had a band um probably in 2012 that I kind of dissolved um and then I just uh I I, kind of quit everything I I stopped working with my record label my booking agents I I I didn't fire everyone in my band but I just they're my friends so I, I I that project ended and I started making music more for myself and my mom helped me buy a laptop that I could use to record music with and I just started doing that and then when I popped my head out like a, a year or two later I was like huh I have a I have an, an album and it kind of sounds cohesive and that's that's how the album started but then it kind of got shelved for three years and I wasn't sure if I was going to put it out and then I eventually put it out and now I'm here. I've done a little bit of research before I came to talk to you today, and a lot of these interviews reference an event that triggered all these big changes you just referenced. Yeah, my, my, my father passed away in uh, late 2011, and that's where the name of the project comes from, Holy Hum. It comes from uh, spending all the time like in the, in the hospitals, and, and there's this uh, hum of electricity um, that you can hear in a, in, in a hospital and I, I thought it was kind of interesting that this technology um, generating the sound um, and these machines were, were keeping people alive so that's where that that name comes from actually holy hum thanks for explaining that and i offer my condolences on your loss hmm, thank you um yeah i mean I, I don't i don't know what else you can say to that or to anyone that's lost anyone so yeah thanks <laughs> How about we start with a song? I'm going to play the title track off your EP, All of My Bodies. So imagine that you're about to talk to somebody who's never heard of Holy Hum before. What will you say to them to get them ready to hear this music? Well, I guess I would say I hope you like it. Tonight I am the tallest of tidal waves I was coming down on you But it had to be done to be one To make it clear This was the end How could you have known How do you say to someone This is all there is This is all there ever will be All of my bodies I would give I would give to you Down your hand to mine 
You just heard the track, All of My Bodies. It's the title track off the, shall we say, debut record by Holy Hum? Sure, yeah. It's the first um, kind of sing-songy narrative album, full length. How would you like to tell us a little bit more about this song? Well, it kind of starts at the end, um, <laughs> to uh, make it a bit bleak. it's it's um, The song is 
set in a scenario where uh, someone is telling someone that they're gonna die and um, you know uh, how how that might feel it actually probably has one of the best lyrics that I think I've ever written or might ever write and um, yeah that's probably all I'll say about that okay oh how about we take a sip of our teas. I got you a coffee and I got you the biggest size because I think you might need it for this interview. <laughs> this is the biggest coffee I've ever had, yes. And yeah, I'll probably need it. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you for sitting down and spending some time with me. I appreciate that. Okay, so where do I start? Hmm. So you hinted at it a little bit at the top of the interview. You used to be in an indie band called In Media Res. How about you tell us a little bit about that project? It was a band I started with some of my best friends, and we are still best friends today. I was very young and very uh, eager and had a lot of energy, and so a lot of the those type of attributes came out in the music. And now that I'm older a little bit, I get you know tired more easily and more often so now the music kind of reflects that as well while we talk a little bit about this part of your career why don't you pick a song for me to play in the background hmm that's a good idea um i would probably pick the song come back down as it's a it's the one song i wrote about my father hear a train going by because outside the window there is a train yard and an amazing view yeah it's true this is this is the end of end of the line for the the trains and they um they do this thing called shunting and they uh they stop and you hear all this like because all the the cars are kind of hitting each other and then it starts going the other way and then you start hearing the i don't know if you call it shunting going the other way but yeah you start hearing the cars being pulled back so it's it's pretty loud here it may be loud, but this train yard also ends right at the harbor of Vancouver, so we can see water, mountains, and large cranes, which will lift big cargo containers onto ships. This is true, yeah. I, I wonder what's in those car- cargo containers. Maybe what would be in those things? iPads? Cars? Luxury cars? Illegal immigrants? I don't know. I'm hoping that it's not any of those things. But anyways, back to In Media Res. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that time in your life? Because you listeners don't know this, but we're actually in the apartment that you used to share with all the members of this band, which blew my mind when I walked in. Yeah, you could call it a little bit of a squat. Yeah. I wouldn't call it that. No. No. Yeah. I'm often very weary of, of nostalgia, so... I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with being here. I, I have very fond memories here, but it um, uh, doesn't make me f- feel any which way. I would say that um, it's actually kind of strange being back here. I, you know, I, I kind of don't really recognize it. Um, but if I had to think about it, I'd be like, wow, you know, I've actually 
done a lot of stuff here and gone through a lot of things here, and um, it's it's nice that it's still in the family. So you were in a band called In Media Res, and your father died, and it caused you to want to no longer be in In Media Res, and you started the process of creating the project that would later be known as Holy Hum. So let's start there. When I started making music again after uh, In Media Res uh, dissolved. And was I saying the old band name wrong? Is it In Media Res? Um, it's Latin, so there is actually no wrong way to say it, because I think you're just supposed to say it phonetically. Um, when I started making music again after uh, In Media Res uh, dissolved, I um, had the immense freedom to just do whatever I wanted. I started making music just for myself again, and that, you know, I think people should be doing stuff for themselves all the time, but, you know, sometimes you lose track of that, and I certainly did. And so um, when I started making music again, kind of no matter how hard I tried to not, you know, write super morose, depressing songs, it just sort of kind of came out the way and so I decided that you know instead of fighting it I'd probably just get it all out and that's what I did and I I probably had no intentions of actually sharing it or if I did I was very hesitant to do so but here I am now I've, I've put out the record and um, it's been actually a very very rich experience as a music fan and as a guy who has talked to a lot of guys in bands, it always blows my mind when somebody makes their living making music, performing, writing songs, going on stage every day. Then they make a certain type of music and they're hesitant to put it out. So I'd love you to tell me about that time in your life. Huh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think because I was doing it for myself and at the time when I was making the record, or what was going to be the record, um, I actually had a full-time job. And so, um, because I, I had, I guess I quit doing music professionally, I, I had a job. And actually, having that job was actually probably the single most um, greatest thing for me cr- creatively. It um, allowed me to not rely on making work that was going to, be sellable so um, I had actually the financial freedom to kind of just do whatever I wanted to do and um, moving forward I think that's sort of uh, what what I like to keep doing because it actually feels a lot better to make things for yourself I think that it's time to play another track I'm going to play Flower in the Snow off All of My Bodies the latest record how about you tell me something a little bit about it before we hear it it's uh it's it's uh what what, what should i say about it a lot of people have asked me about the song and um the one imagery that you kind of take away is um i don't know uh a stubborn flower um that has poked its head out from the snow and um it's you know it's it's the dead of winter, um, but there's still this kind of flower that's kind of frozen. It looks beautiful, and it's poking its head up um, from the snow. And um, it's, it's maybe an analogy for, for kind of being stubborn, but also stagnant in time. I don't know. I think I'm kind of rambling here.
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Flower in the Snow by a band called Holy Hum off the record All of My Bodies. I'm talking with Andrew, the man behind the band. Is there anything else you'd like to say about this track? It has a guitar solo where I'm attempting to be a a jazz guitar player. You've said that each song on All of My Bodies is a song about death. So let's talk about the death behind this song. Uh, Flower in the Snow. Yeah, um, this is actually very interesting because it's a it's a it's um it's a death of a relationship actually, and so um, thematically it it 
works with the other death songs on the album um, and but this one's maybe a bit more lighter so in, in a lot of ways it, it is a it is a love song about death so before we heard the track you were talking about having made this record but holding on to it because you weren't ready to release it now I read this really great interview where you were saying that some other records about loss inspired you to release this record all of my bodies. So you talked about Nick Cave's record, The Skeleton Tree, and the Mount Erie record, A Crow Looked at Me. So I'd love you to tell me a little bit about how these records influenced you. Um, I, I just, it was just so strange that um, at the time that I didn't want to put out the record, um, yeah, like Nick Cave was putting out that record, and Phil had put out an amazing record, and even Sophie and Stevens putting, it, putting out a record about the death of his mom that really kind of made it okay to be like, okay, well, there's some really, really um, prominent artists uh, also talking about loss and death. And, you know, I thought that I would add um, my little two cents to the canon of death that was kind of happening at the time. So do you want to pick one of those artists and maybe one of the tracks off one of those records and talk about it? And I'll play it in the background. Well, that's a good idea. Uh, Mount Erie actually just put out uh, probably a, a newer album dealing with the same themes on A Crow Looked at Me and um, uh, his album Now Only and I would love to hear um, the song Earth being played Um, yeah that song uh, again is uh, a very very nuanced and very literal um, account of his experiences uh, dealing with the loss of his wife I don't want to live with this feeling Also, I don't want you to be gone So I talk about you all the time Including the last day that you were alive And I hang your pictures around the house For me to surprise myself with and cry Everybody Where me and the kid were rolling in the grass the other day 
And I saw actual chunks of your bones Bleached and weathered Unerasable You're still out there in the spring upheaving Coming out of the ground into air Is that exact fragment your finger That once caressed me not that long ago I still can feel it And is that other shard A piece of your skull That once contained The wild brain That used to overflow with loving Undiscovered and gone And now just shrapnel remains love to hear from you as a fan talking about how this song inspired change in your life. I would say that um, listening to uh, all these records, especially um, the Mount Era records, I, I realized that, you know, like, 
uh, I think he, um, Philip Rim says it in um, the first song off of A Crow Looked at Me, and he says that, um, you know, um, death is not something to be made into art. You know, it's just, it's, it's just what it is. You know, not that, like, I, I'm, I'm like, hardlined about that, but I think that it should be okay to talk about. My experience with, with it was that, you know, someone really important in my life died, and I had no facility to um, to deal with it, and no one ever, you know, you don't take, like, a course on how to deal with death. You don't, I don't know, I'm sure there's tons of books about it. I'm sure you can go into an online forum and look up stuff, but, yeah, I just wasn't really prepared for it, and the most natural thing for me to do was to um, make music because that's just how I express myself. If anything, listening to these songs about death just made it feel more okay to talk about it. So let's hear another Holy Hum song. I'm going to play White Buzz, which you've described as the centerpiece of the record. So I'd like to hear more about that before we hear the song. Yeah, um, it's almost, I almost call the album White Buzz because (laughs) it's like kind of like, um, you know, you could say like Holy Hum and um, in parentheses, you would say White Buzz or something. And I thought that um, it would be the centerpiece because it, it the, the title of the song was about uh, a sound and, and the color white kind of, um, you know, associated around death and transcendence and, and things like that. So that's sort of why it is the centerpiece of the album. It's also the longest song. It's the most demanding. And um, so I wanted people to pay attention to it.
to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track White Buzz by a band called Holy Hum off their record All My Bodies. I'm going to play the whole song on the podcast version of the show, but I probably will have to cut it off a little bit early for the radio edition. And that's because this song is quite long, like you just said. So I was reading this interesting quote of yours where you said that I'm not even trying to write songs anymore. And, you know, radio, radio play, record labels, marketing, that sort of stuff really likes a song of a certain length. I'd love to hear your reaction to that. I mean, I could probably say very, very, very harsh things about radio and what kind of music gets played on the radio. Um, But Andrew, you can bring it if you like. (laughs) I don't want to make any more enemies than I already have. Um, I think that um, I actually personally don't listen to much of the radio and I don't I don't think I have a lot of friends who listen to the radio, so my universe just doesn't really revolve around um, the radio format of music making. So um, because I don't have those constraints and I don't have those kind of uh, rigid um, philosophies or understandings of what music should be or could be, I, I kind of just make a song and it kind of starts when it starts and it kind of ends when it decides to end. And I don't have to worry about... Um, a record executive not liking it because it's too long or or the guitar solo is is three minutes long so um i think if people can exist in that realm in in, in the radio realm and 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 succeed and, and do well in that all the power to them but uh i i i'm just not good at it i can't do it well i don't know if i agree with that but i will say this i think that streaming has the potential to make those radio marketing record label demands non-existent because people when it comes to listening to stuff on a stream don't need to care about that i totally agree with that and um and for that reason you know it's 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 complex because like you know i i I feel like um when i have a theme that i want to kind of um work through on an album um it's hard to 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 um turn it into a single, like a singular idea and turn it into a song. So I often will really meditate on, on one theme for a whole entire album. And so I think, I think streaming is an okay thing. And I think that, yeah, you're right. It doesn't, people can kind of listen to music when they want, how they want. Um, I think having all that, uh, what is it called? Those options can kind of be kind of weird too. Cause, um, maybe it's a bit of an illusion to think that you can have everything and anything whenever you want, because I don't think you can, but, um, it does, um, does help me get my music out there. I wish that, you know, there was a, a more economically, um, viable way for artists to, um, engage with that. But at the moment, I don't know much about it, so I won't say more about that. Okay, so you have said in other interviews that you think of Holy Come as an art project rather than a band, so I'd love to hear you talk more about that. Yeah, I um, I don't really feel like um, like a lead singer or some, some like rock and roll dude, and um, Holy Hum has kind of been um, like, uh, it, it's, it's been um, presented or performed in different ways. So sometimes it's been a sound installation. Sometimes it's been, you know, a six, seven piece ensemble. Sometimes it's just me keeping it loose like that kind of enables me to, uh, 
do different things. Um, it's just how my brain works. I don't really think of myself as a band. I think of it more as a project and that way it can kind of, I can maybe write a book. I can maybe make a movie. I can make some music. Um, yeah, I just kind of like how loose it is. What would the Holy Hum movie be? Um, it would probably be really slow and probably somewhat dark. I also like romantic comedies, so maybe there might be a love story in there. I don't know. Or maybe it'd just be really, really dark. I don't know. You could make a slow, dark, romantic comedy. Yeah, something like what? Uh, a 2001 Space Odyssey, maybe? Yeah, that's really long. There's the 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 weird love story between Hal and the captain. I don't know. Something like that? Yeah, that sounds weirdly compelling. I like it. That brings me to another point. I was reading today some articles about Holy Hum, and one writer called what you do oral monomyth. And I read that, and I was like, that's amazing. What is that? You tell me, oral monomyth, holy cows. That is very strange. What would that be? Oral, mono, myth. I like the myth part. I'll just clarify. It's A-U-R-A-L, oral, not O-R-A-L, oral. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that makes it a lot more um, clear for me. Um, okay, so oral monomyth. I, I can't really, you know, uh, someone last night after the show asked me what kind of music I made, and I said that it was um, a singer-songwriter hiding under a symphony orchestra. And then she said, no, that's not what it is. And I said, no, it's not. So I don't really know. Well, I think that you need to think about oral monomyth, if only so when I get back to you someday, you can tell me what that is. Yeah, and then I might be the only record in the record store under the oral monomyth section. It is under A, so people would see it. Yeah, and I'm always looking for those sales, as we've discovered. I think it's time to play another track. I thought that I would play either Appendix A or B. You get to choose, but first you have to explain what the appendices or appendixes are. Well, oh, sorry oh, about that. You just got a text. I did. Um, sorry about that. I guess my phone still has battery. Um, that's great. Um, appendix A. That is, or the appendices um, are, sorry about that. I guess phones are, well, I'm getting a lot of texts. Here. You should check that. All right, so you checked your texts. Is everything okay? I think so. Um, I didn't really check it, but I put it on silent. Should be okay. All right, so we were talking about the appendices or appendixes. I'm not sure. Well, the appendices were actually, um, they were supposed to be appendices to the, to the full-length album, actually. So I, I put out appendix C first, and then I put out appendix A and B, and then I put out the full-length, and... People are like, why did you do that? Um, it's because I, I, I wanted the appendices to, to kind of stand on their own. So I wanted them to be um, compositions and, 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 and albums and EPs to, uh, to be interpreted and experienced um, outside of the context of the album. And um, I also like kind of messing with people so you know I, I put it out I put the appendices out first there is appendix A B or C we can't play C because it's an hour long so you can pick either A or B for us to hear I would love to hear appendix A 
And why did you choose this appendix? It is, it's kind of like the first, it's supposed to be kind of the first thing um, where I kind of decided to, um, what is like sing? I have lyrics in it. Appendix E is like an hour long composition with no singing on it. And Appendix B doesn't have anything on it, but Appendix A does. And I am getting more and more used to hearing my voice. So I love to hear Appendix A.
Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Appendix A by a band called Holy Hum. We're talking about Appendix A. Do the Appendix songs, are they each about death as well? Um, yeah, I, uh, I was trying to do this thing, um, that maybe filmmakers do, which is like, can I, can I still tell a story? Can I still, um, have, uh, like a lyric or a narrative, but not, but without actually singing anything about it. These were experiments in being, um, trying to be, uh, very evocative and set a mood and a theme, um, but do it without lyrics. What is the death we're dealing with in Appendix A? It's it's the same old death that I've, I'm still kind of trying to work through, and um, that you know it's the same death on uh, on the full length, all of my bodies, but without words. So, Andrew, aka Holy Hum, you've created a record, all of my bodies. It's about death and loss, and I think that everybody can relate to a song's cathartic value. Like for instance, in a movie montage where a guy acts like a dick, walks through a, a long series of shots, and when the song plays, he realizes that, oh, all I have in life is the people who love me, so I've got to stop being a dick and go back and make everything better. Everyone gets that kind of quality in a song. I wanted to ask you what it's like performing songs that have that kind of transformative quality for you. And that may be the wrong way of putting it, so correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's pretty accurate. Um, I think it's very difficult to do. I, I, that's for the same reasons I didn't want to put out the record. I didn't really want to have to think about it any more than I have to. But now I am traveling all across the country uh, singing about these songs. And it's a lot to kind of to take in every night. But at the same time, I think uh, as, as, as artists should do, I think that they need to be present with what they're what their projects are and they need to give of themselves uh, to those projects um, fully. And so it's a bit of an experiment and I'm committed to it. And that's what I'm doing, you know, for the next two weeks as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's hard. I'm so curious because like you've said, you're performing these songs over and over again so your relationship with them is going to change because it's going to be less about catharsis and more about work or an experience for an audience. So I'd love to hear how your relationship with these songs is changing. That's that's actually um, to be um, discovered because um, I'm still kind of figuring that out. It's it, You're so right. It's super hard to kind of go back to that place. And so, yeah, I think that... Um, just with the nature of probably, I don't know, maybe uh, actors will have to like try to find some sort of angle, some sort of emotional anchor for their performance. I think it's very similar where um, I, you know, it might be something else. It might be like a sad movie that I watched that really reminds me of something or, um, you know, hearing from a friend that I haven't heard from in a while. Um you just kind of go back to a place that um, you feel vulnerable in. And I think from there, um, weird and strange things happen. So uh, it, it's, it's like I said, it's pretty weird doing it every night. And I don't really, I can't really say that I've figured it out. Because if I'm devoid of that vulnerability and that emotion, then I think that the the art suffers so i definitely am kind of going to that place but i gotta i gotta figure out how to 
to, I don't know, maybe I should, is it called method acting? No, that's not what I want to do. I, 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 yeah, I gotta figure it out. I don't, I don't have the answer. Well, why don't we hear another track off the record? How about you pick one for us to hear? Let's play, um, let's play Sex at 31.
Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track selected by Andrew, a.k.a. Holy Hum, and that track was... Sex at 31. A provocative title. What death is this about? Well, it's... I... I the, the title is inspired by a, a Barry McKinnon poem, and he's a, a, a poet, actually, from Prince George, and um, he's been writing these poems called Sex at Whatever Age... And um, I don't know when the earliest one is, and I don't know when the latest one. He's a bit older, but I, 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 I thought that there wasn't enough songs about sex in your thirties, or general discourse about sex in your thirties, and so I, I thought I'd start one. But it's kind of set. It's actually set in Vancouver. The album is set in Vancouver, and it was a. It's a, It's the the death in this song is a is the experience of being disconnected from your sense of place and you know you you look around and nothing really feels that friendly or familiar and it's always constantly raining and uh yeah so the death is a it's a loss of place in this in this song i have to ask the obvious question but for you what's the biggest difference when you compare sex in your 20s with sex in your 30s um it's like your parents tell you it's gonna get better so, Andrew, a.k.a. Holy Hum, you were originally a Vancouver-based artist. You have pulled the trigger and you've moved to the East Coast. A lot of artists who are based in Vancouver are kind of faced with a dilemma. So first, I'd love you to set the scene for people who don't understand the situation in Vancouver. It's it's increasingly getting much and much more difficult to um, be a creative person uh, in Vancouver. Not because people aren't creative, but I think that because of the cost of living and not only and that extends to um institutions like art galleries or venues um they aren't artists themselves are not able to take chances because um they need to think about the bottom line and so i i wanted to make music for myself and not um rely on industry um so i just i just had to go somewhere else because people here are finding it more and more difficult to to take any risks or chances creatively. So I know that a lot of up-and-coming bands listen to interviews with other bands to sort of get an idea of of how a potential decision could play out for them. So you're an artist, a Vancouver artist, who's left to go to the East Coast. How are things going for you? Um, There's definitely a lot more culture and art uh, in the East Coast. Um, just by sheer volume. I'm not going to say that it's better or worse. Just There's just a lot more of it going on over there. Um, and I don't hear a lot about you know people wanting to move to Vancouver from elsewhere to um, pursue a, a, a creative endeavor. I think just historically it's just been out east that people have moved for, for those types of opportunities. So I'm just another one of those people, you know, trying to make it in New York. (laughs) I'm curious because living on the East Coast makes sense from a touring perspective because you can hit a lot of big cities in a very short amount of time. One of the major disadvantages of Vancouver geographically is that you're basically either going to have to do those long drives out east, which is very long and very painful, or just go down the West Coast, which is five cities, let's say, if you want to hit just the big ones. So that's one advantage of moving east. But 
I'm so curious, I have to ask, New York has just as high a cost of living as Vancouver. So is it facing the other pressures that Vancouver is in terms of artists not being able to take risks? Hmm. Um, but I actually read that Vancouver, I think maybe after Shanghai, so it's Vancouver is the second most unaffordable city. Um, New York is very, very, very expensive, yes. Um, but the, the overall day-to-day costs are actually pretty low. Like my, my food bill is a lot lower. My, uh, my cheese and wine bill is, is a lot lower. Um, I think it has more to do with opportunity. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can't, well, I don't know what's the saying. Like you can't like walk two blocks and not run into an artist in certain parts of Brooklyn. Um, so there's just a lot more going on and there's a lot more space for people to, um, do the things that they want to do and be the types of people that they want to be because there's actually a community there. Um, so, you know, whatever it is that you're into, you will most likely find like, a an email listserv where you can go to like 10 different events that night of whatever it is you're, you're into. Is it harder to stick out when you're in a sea of people that are like you? Absolutely. Um, that's actually why, you know, in the three or four months that I've been there, I actually haven't performed in New York because, um, there's just so much going on with that said, it also, you know, not that I believe in some sort of like, uh, cream of the crop rising you know um i think that it it also makes you work a bit harder as an artist because you have to try to stick out oh i have to ask so you've moved from vancouver to new york did you take lunchbox with you i sure did and i miss her terribly right now just so people know i'm not asking about a literal lunchbox explain what lunchbox is well um i had I've had pets throughout my life. I've had tortoises. I've had um, a, a cat. And I, I thought I'd choose a box theme for my pets. So my first tortoise was shoebox. My second tortoise was toolbox. And my cat was lunchbox. So um, that's why my cat is named lunchbox. And um, I think we're going to get another cat and um i think the name on the table is maybe hotbox nice that's a great name yeah yeah and and my mom is um old enough that she probably won't even know what that is until you explain it to her i will definitely explain it to her because i like mortifying her and making her feel like her son is a very subversive and strange person that's the perfect place to end it andrew lee aka holy hum thank you very much for spending some time with me today i appreciate it at the end of the show i let the artist pick one of their songs and i play it okay um let's roll out on the song ready to have it and why did you choose the song for us today um it's the most song song on my record and it's a nice and easy way to wrap up this interview thank you very much for being on my show thank you for having me you do not know what i've been through but you can taste it every day i am watching you leave in my mind
All the colors and colors that illuminate your eyes When the ink will runs dry, the sun will not rise again I don't see why we hold out for heaven As they look down on us and then look away You know all of the words but you have to be reminded You said love is a place then you know that it has to be Holy Hum, and you are listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood.